Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Happy July 4th. You had a fantastic holiday? Uh, sure, we'll go with that. I know. It of course, we... I had to work on the day, and, you know, when you live near the Disney parks, it gets a little crazy any holidays. I can imagine ones that shoot off fireworks. Now, is it... So, Canada Day was also last week, and it falls on a specific date, that being July 1st. Uh, do you find that a majority of Americans will try to bridge the gap and have a long, long weekend, or will they just take the day, go into work on the Friday, and then have a normal weekend? It depends on their jobs. I mean, my job is transportation, so it never stops. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't get Christmas any days off, really, because there are people, especially here in Orlando with the theme parks, there are people who want to go to the theme parks no matter what day it is, mm-hmm. whether it's a holiday or not. Um, if people's work will let them, I'm sure there are a number who will try and do the extended holiday. Or weekends if they can. Uh, also depends on what day the actual event's going on. Uh, you know, because it's always July 4th, but that could be a Wednesday, any day of the week. So yeah. if it's a Wednesday, you're probably less likely to have long weekends. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you had a semblance of a, of, a, of a day where you celebrated the independence of America. So that's good. I also had... Canadian flag shaped everything on the first so that was fun but uh you know we're here to talk about Fire Emblem Heroes and unfortunately they have not implemented Canada Day or Independence Day into the game which is a bit of a bummer but it is a Japanese focused uh developer so we will cut them some slack but what what we will not cut is the list of banners that is happening right now in the game which is the weekly revival banners going all the way until October 27th. You can enjoy those weekly. Uh, what are the ones running now? I completely space on that. Um, uh, right now it's Double uh, Ike and... Oh, I forget who the third was. It's Regular Ike, Brave Ike, and someone else for the third one. Mm-hmm. So you've got two Ikes and some sort of third wheel hanging around in that banner. You've got Summer Returns, which is running until August 9th. Summer's Arrival... Oh, Sorry, go ahead. It's Mist. Mist. My sister. Oh, okay. So. Well, bringing your sister and your date with your twin, like, that doesn't make any sense. None of that statement um, actually I made think any the sense. Weird, I think the weirder part would be dating a twin of yourself. So <laughs> I don't know. Ike seems pretty into himself. <laughs> I've never played those games, but uh, he's pretty into himself. And sm- Anyways, let's move on from this awkwardness. Uh, Summer's Arrival until July 23rd. Uh, Elysian Summer till the 26th of July. Oh, that's a special date. Heroes with Ignis until the 15th of July. And Marth and Sida bound hero in battle until the 14th. 14th of July. Whew. Almost made it. Uh, you got, got July 4th on the brain, huh? I do. I'm a Canadian and I'm just, I'm so passionate about everybody else's <laughs> holidays that I forget how to speak. Uh, Eddie, how'd your banners go this week? I mean, not not a not new units to summon on, but I I know you're still digging for some summer units, right? Uh, yeah, I still don't have uh, summer levitane and had no luck this week, so still hunting for that and nothing to write home about in the um, uh, two new free summons from the two new or the new banners. So, mm-hmm. well, I know I would pretty much have this a similar update, but I did the free summon on the Marth and Sita found here a battle banner and i got a restoration lord ephraim which i did not have in the past and i think he's a year 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 one unit 2017 or my yeah i think so he was the I mean, first if he's a year one unit unless they consider the bound hero battle banner as a um revival banner oh, you're then right. he shouldn't be on there if he is a year one version then he must be year two I just I, I tried to look it up because I was like, okay, this isn't legendary Ephraim. It's not brave Ephraim, obviously. So it's just normal Ephraim. And I know I have... I thought he was a year one unit, so... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because it's, uh, it's year one units on the banner. They kept the whole summoning pool. Maybe. I don't know. But I, I, I got him and 
I guess that's good because if he's been taken out of the summoning pool, that's, I guess, a win for me. But I wasn't necessarily going for him. I was just kind of checking the box on that banner. But, uh, you know, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But there's a, a really good reason that I wasn't really thinking of until it was revealed. But I, I've been saving my orbs and kind of glad I did uh, because of reasons that we will talk about in the near future. But, I mean, turns out I was right to wait a little bit. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll discuss that in a bit, but uh, we did also get a new set of quests this week. Mm-hmm. Um, they, we had seen it in the calendar. It said a hero spotlight quest, but we weren't sure exactly what that meant. And it actually turns out this is a new version of the three heroes quest they've been doing for a while. Uh, except this focuses on a single hero, so they've gotten to the point that they're not um, doing three at once because they're going to run out eventually, I guess. Uh, so this initial set is focusing on uh, male corn or corn fateful prince. And you know what's funny? So, I saw in the subreddit someone was joking that the description for this event said you could get orbs, and then they crossed that out and it just said orb because there's only one orb you can get from doing these quests, which I thought uh, was funny. I don't know. Yeah, it could be that. I haven't fully double-checked all of them. I know you get a free corn just like you did with the three hero quests. Um, but, you know, I didn't go and double check them too thoroughly. Got to hop in and do them. Mm-hmm. But, so looking at the rewards, it's basically clear uh, kill, KOs with corn at certain levels, clear 2, 1 through tier 2, 5 of the uh, book 1. And then basically one of those is an orb. So get your, get your hero spotlight orb. You've got nine days. Um, that's kind of interesting because I believe the original three hero spotlight had six orbs, I think. It was mostly orbs as a reward. I think, I think it was all orbs. Yeah, I think you you're know. right. It might have been nine, actually, now that I'm doing the math on it. Six wouldn't make sense. Uh, or, yes, it would, actually. No, that would... no it would be a copy of each of the heroes, one for just any kill. Uh, the base level for kills with a cert- with that first hero would get you the second hero, then kills with the second hero would you get the get you the third hero. And then I think it was two orbs apiece for the higher difficulty kill levels. Mm-hmm. So Well then yeah. I, is this another case of them cutting orbs or I guess you could say that, but it's also the fact that, you know, they could have just completely cut the uh free units and spotlights and stuff so i guess you know it's nice that they didn't just completely cut it even if we're only getting one instead of two orbs for the hero Mm -hmm. yeah well i mean it is what it is and i guess we'll just have to to live with it but um what about other events coming up this week uh well we uh have the calendar ending this week uh so we don't know for sure what's going to be happening afterwards uh, but we do know that we have the July Orb promo starting on the 9th, as well as the Summer Refreshes banner uh, with its login bonus on that same day. And a day later, we have the Tempest Trial banner and bonus uh, starting that day, mm-hmm. or starting on the 10th. Um, but we don't know exactly when the Tempest Trial is starting. It wasn't in the banner preview or anything else as of yet yeah and we should get a calendar soon i mean we have the new patch coming next week is our assumption and they usually uh, i think we have there. the new patch coming tonight oh tonight okay well they tonight or tomorrow because they ended the um arena uh in ether raids about half an hour ago or 20 minutes ago at 7 p.m today instead of tomorrow like they normally do Mm-hmm. Uh, the day was, you know, the week was shortened, so I'm guessing it'll probably pop up late tonight and be mandatory by Tuesday uh, morning, or it'll pop up sometime tomorrow and be mandatory by the end of the day. Not too shabby. Which is probably also why they released the trailer a day earlier, because, you know, they're going to put the stuff for the new heroes in with the update. Yeah, I was going to say, it does feel a little weird that we got it so early, because I was like, oh, is this banner starting on the 8th? But no, it's starting on the 9th, so Tuesday. 
Um, yeah, so look forward to that in the near future. Uh, let's move into the news because we've got a couple of small, small snippets. One that's probably going to take longer than the other because uh, one we're going to talk about more in depth next week once the heroes are released. But let's talk about the free Byleth with the purchase of Fire Emblem Three Houses. And there's an asterisk next to Byleth. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, we got an announcement on the morning of the 2nd about a special promo where you can get a free copy of Byleth Tested Professor, who is the male version of Byleth and appears to be wielding the sword he wields in the game. It was also confirmed that he will be summonable, and based on the wording, it seems to confirm the late July new heroes are three heroes, three houses heroes, as well as when the banner is likely to release. So we're looking at probably the banner July 26th, because that's when we're going to get Byleth, right? Uh, yeah, um, it says we'll be getting Byleth on the 26th. Um, and the asterisk in the notes about that is indicating the free has the asterisk, and that's what the purchase of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Mm. Um, there's, I didn't, if you have an asterisk for Byleth, then you can add one in, but I didn't have one there. Um, but uh, oh, essentially, I see. it says we'll be getting the copy of Byleth Tested Professor as long as we have uh, confirmed with the same Nintendo account we're signed into Fire Emblem Heroes uh, that we've purchased Fire Emblem Three Houses. We'll get a free Byleth on the 26th. Uh, and it does indicate he will become summonable later on. Hmm. Or he will be summonable. Summonable. Uh, it doesn't verify that the earliest we'll be able to get him is the 26th. That's just when we'll get the free one. Uh, but it seems very likely that, you know, they'll just release the banner on the 26th, as well as the, um, you know, uh, forging bonds for the banner. Yeah. I think and that makes sense. And it seems more logical to keep it the same day so you're not getting story spoilers before the game's out. Yeah. And I mean, some people might be saying basically, like, well, the game comes out on the 26th. So maybe that's why they're waiting to the 26th to unveil it and it, or release it in the sense that people won't be able to actually purchase the game uh, physically until the 26th, right? So I, I think that's true, probably... but you can purchase the game now, and that's the easier way to get your um, free buy lift because you know, unless you're using a different Nintendo account for your Switch, it's already connected. Yeah, like if you so redeem, they already have it pre-ordered. Yeah, if you've redeemed or pre-ordered, you already have it marked that you're getting a free buy-list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's the reason I suspected that, and, you know, I initially thought it was definitely saying it was the 26th, but when I read it later, it could just be they're waiting till the 26th to give you the unit, and the banner could start earlier. Oh. But with spoiler reasons, we don't know for sure that the, you know, it seems likely the banner would wait till the actual release of the game hmm. i never thought about that in terms of the banner starting i hope the banner starts on the day the game comes out i, I would be it'd be I, weird you know, the only reason to think it doesn't start on the day it comes out is the fact that that's roughly about almost a week after they normally release the banners yeah yeah. Do they say uh, the wording is obviously like promo esque? Is it seem like maybe the game the, the hero could be released on July twenty sixth or before, or is it literally like well, July twenty sixth or after? Essentially, it is. Byleth Tester Professor will also appear in summoning summoning events beginning late in late July, mm-hmm. and the promotional Byleth Tested Professor will be distributed on or after July twenty sixth. So it doesn't specify, you know, it says the banner will be late July, unless he's somehow the legend or mythic here, which I find unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, so his banner will begin late July, and, you know, he you will get your free one on or after the 26th. But sense. it doesn't specify exactly when that happens. And the other reason to think that they might not actually be releasing the um new heroes banner on the 26th is because that would be really close to the mythic banner yeah doesn't mean they won't do it but that's one reason to think they might not so i guess just folks who are gonna get fire emblem three houses just don't pull on whatever 
uh, Byleth's color is, and hopefully he doesn't share a color because that would be frustrating. Because could you imagine if he shared a color? And yeah, I was gonna say <sighs> it seems almost likely he'll share a color. No, I mean, no, don't well, say that. Let's think. <laughs> Claude, Claude, um, Dimitri, and Edelgard. Edelgard will be likely be green. Because mm-hmm. most of her promotional stuff shows her wielding an axe, mm-hmm. even though in the game almost anyone can wield anything. But uh, Claude could be any color, and Dimitri is likely to be blue. Yeah, Claude could easily be colorless because he is a bow user. But for all we know, Claude could end up being our first red bow user. Yeah, so maybe. we don't know because if Claude's a red bow user, that would, uh, you know classic triangle wrap up the three unit three main units it'd be interesting to, to do that do like one color per but then byleth like is a sword user so he's gonna be red byleth's a sword user so he's gonna be red uh, uh both byleths are sword users i mean oh but like mentioned any unit can wield almost any weapon there are from what we've seen in the promotion material there is not the traditional weapon limits. You'll have bonuses to certain weapons based on your class. Mm-hmm. But it seems that just about anyone can wield anything. Well, let's hope this doesn't turn out to be some weirdness that makes us uncomfortable upon release. I mean, we'll, we'll know more, I'm assuming, in the next week or so once they announce the actual banner. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about the fact that some people in the subreddit were saying like, oh, uh, $60 US for a five-star free unit. That's technically cheaper than the last time they sold us five-star units. This isn't the exact same because the last time they sold yeah. us five-star units, they gave us a bunch of orbs. And in this case, we're getting a game. But how do you feel about that value comparison? It's the same price. Because you're already getting the same, you know, you're already getting what you're getting for the... $60 or $75 that you would be getting anyway and you're getting the unit as a bonus. Hmm. You know, yes, you could argue that, oh, you're paying 60 instead of 75 but if you were getting 140 orbs, you were paying 75 to, for those 140 orbs anyway. So the unit is not any change in costs. You know, if you were being, if you were paying 80 orbs to get that unit with 140 or $80 US to get that unit with 140 orbs oh you just paid $5 for the unit you kind of see what I'm saying there it's yeah. you know if you're getting the same product you're getting otherwise and I mean if you want to argue yes this is a far better deal because you're getting uh, from what some of the recent data has come come out with a 240 or no 320 plus game if the um info i've seen is correct that there are four storylines and they're saying each um playthrough should be 80 plus hours so you're getting 320 plus hour game plus you know a free hero in the game (laughs) as opposed to 140 orbs that depending on how often you summon are going to be gone pretty quickly yeah i I mean obviously with fire Emblem three houses there's going to be overlap in terms of content so you yeah 320 hours but is it 320 hours of unique content maybe not but i i think you're right like you're that's the best argument against this is that you're getting a free byleth if you're purchasing fire emblem three houses for fire emblem three houses because it's not costing you anymore and i think people making that value comparison is like no this is just this is a promotion. This is a good thing. Let's take it. Let's not worry about doing the math yeah. here. Um, and, and even if there is overlap content, which likely the first half in the school is going to be fairly similar, mm-hmm. um, even with overlap content, let's assume it is straight up half the game that's the school and half the game that's war con- war game. So you can safely guess the war stuff will be different. So that's 40 hours for the school and then... Uh, even just assuming the two Edelgard routes are the same, uh, an extra 120 hours. So that's 160 hours worth of gameplay, potentially. Mm-hmm. And of course, there'll be people who play through it quicker or slower, but 
But so. this is a good thing. We're both on the same page. This is a good thing. We want them to do this more uh, where we get some free units. Obviously, this is the mm. second opportunity they had. Echoes would have been the first, but maybe they didn't have that internet infrastructure there with you know connectivity between the games and services and whatnot. It, it's a good thing in that hopefully it'll get some of the people who are um, Heroes fans to try out Three House. Yeah, like do you think people are actually going to go out and buy the game because they get a free hero? Like that, that I mean, that's where um, the value proposition comes in. It's like, oh, I can spend $60 to get this hero I want and get this cool game. I mean, I really think the free Byleth is kind of a moot point. If I'm truly thinking about it, you'll get, what, 10%, if that, maybe even only 1% who actually buy the game just for the free hero. Yeah. You know? I mean, the hope is that people who have never played a Fire Emblem game before and are enjoying heroes will try out three houses because they're enjoying heroes. Mm-hmm. The likelihood of, I mean... And I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong in this calculation, but I, if I'm playing a mobile game and just interested in the mobile game, I'm, you know, unless I have some passing interest in the game, a free unit in the mobile game is not going to sway me. You know? It might sway some, but you're right. Like, it might sway some, but... I don't think it's going to be many. the thing that, you know, moves the needle over and makes makes everything suddenly like yeah. a surefire win. It's hard for me to say 100% certain, certainty because, you know, I already enjoyed Fire Emblem before Heroes came out. So I was getting three houses no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and I both. Free hero yeah. or not. So Exactly. Well, let's talk about some other heroes that may or may not move the needle in terms of financials and making people spend money. Uh, we got summer heroes, yeah. more of them coming. I know one person who it might sway the needle on whether or not they spend money. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> but um, uh, IS decided to give me a nice birthday present when, um, well, not first day on Friday, we got the uh, teaser image for the second summer banner. So on my birthday, while Ryan was busy at a wedding, uh, we got the announcement of the death of his orbs. <laughs> uh, with the release of the banner video for the Summer Refreshes banner that is launching on the 9th. Um, and it is a Fire Emblem 6 and 7 joint event again, just like the um, uh, Valentine's one last year. Uh, and uh, we got from Binding Blade, uh, just like Valentine's, we got Lelina. Although this time we have Wolt joining her. Uh He's, uh, from my understanding, he's like a starting archer you get. Kind of looks like Gordon to me, so similar idea to him. Uh, one of your starter starter archers. And from Blazing, Blanner, Blazing Blade, uh, just like the Valentines, we have a new Lynn. Hey. There go all of Ryan's orbs. Well, uh, maybe. We'll see if RNG is, uh, is good to me. True. Uh, joining Lynn, we have Ursula. And in the Tempest Trial later on, we have Fiora, who, uh, from what we could search up, seems to be Florina's older sister. It's been a while since I played that one, but they seem to like their um, Pegasus trios in these games. Yes, they do. Yeah, I, I mean, this was something we talked about last week in Speculation Corner, where I was like, maybe, maybe they go back to Blazing Blade. You know, they haven't done it in a while. Popular North American release. I don't know. Yep. Uh, and sure enough, I guess I was a little bit right. Yeah, Lynn's got the first half of the year on lockdown. Yeah, yeah. She's I, got Val- Valentine's, uh, bridal, and summer now. Yeah, and I, I get it. A lot of people really see this as like, a, oh, a six alt. I'm like, it's a popular character, you know, and not just with half this show, but. I, it's a it's a big character for people who played this uh, played the Fire Emblem franchise for the first time and and latched onto that character, right? So just because Lissa is my absolute favorite doesn't mean I don't like Lynn. I, no, I didn't say that. Popular with me? You said she was only popular with half the show, though. I meant well, you know what? Yeah, you're no, you're right. I meant more like it. She's my favorite, and 
and not your favorite, but you're right. You like her. I like Lissa as well. I pretty much like every Fire Emblem character except for a select few. I mean, they won't be named because then we might get some comments. Um, but, you know, I, I risk my point here. But um, I just I really think that this is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are very few units, Takumi. I mean, who will not be named that I actually truly can barely stand. Yeah. But type, by the way, on that one. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a slip of the tongue. You know? No, no. It's all good. Um, but yeah, look forward next week when hopefully I'm able to summon Lynn and we'll talk about uh, those characters coming back with summer refreshes with all, all those fun characters. Now, did you get through all this? I, 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 we talked about Ursula Lynn and Tempest Trials, all that fun stuff. Yep, we got Fiora coming cool. for the Tempest Trials. Oh, that's right. You said we had to Google her because we weren't sure what, who she was and turns out she's a late, yep. late game unit. Yeah, we're... We are going to go over them in more detail next week once they're actually in the game. Mm-hmm. While we discuss whether or not uh, Aaron Jesus has been mean to Ryan or not, I'm I'm going to go in just assuming it's it's going to be a long haul, and that's fine because it it is what it is. But um, I remember with Legend, Legendary Lynn, it was kind of like I think I streamed it, and maybe I, maybe I'll stream it again as a sort of Lynn alt. But that wasn't probably the last. Maybe that was the last Lynn alt with the Legendary Lynn. I can't remember. Either way, uh, I got her pretty early on, so it was. But that was a gonna, legendary banner, so. Gonna pull a Phoenix Master one with his summoning videos, where he constantly says, "Whenever he starts answering questions, is when he gets lucky." Oh, yeah, maybe I I was so answering if questions. So you stream it, you get lucky. I haven't streamed Fire Emblem Heroes in a while, and it might not be a bad idea. But I'll have to look at my schedule uh, this week to see when I have some time. But. Let's head over to the Outrealm Gate and look a little bit at some other games in the Fire Emblem franchise because we've got some Three Houses news, Eddie, that is quite exciting and confirms some suspicions we had. Yeah, um, and just in case you were counting, there are about 19 days left till Three Houses comes out, but I doubt anyone's really counting or anything like that. I'm counting. Uh, but this week we did get a special video narrated by Edelgard uh, that introduces us to the Black Eagle's house. Uh, along with that, um, as on Thursday, we got announcement about the DLC coming out, uh, as well as the digital version of the game and the expansion pass where you can get all that DLC uh, dropped into the eShop for pre-purchase. Um, according to the uh, expansion pass info I could find early in the week, all I got was that there were going to be four waves of DLC, although... Uh, from what I see here, Ryan, it looks like you got a bit more details about those waves. Yeah. So the first wave, which is available at launch, which are the outfits that you mentioned. Um, and then the... I actually forgot to mention the outfits. Oh. Yeah. With with the purchase, you do automatically get uh, special costumes for Bylas. Yeah. And, and some people were, you know, who had maybe some issues with female Bylas uh, outlet uh, outlet outfit. Um, this one is a little more. Uh, covering i guess if that was a concern that some folks had some folks were saying like oh it's weird that male bylith has his pants intact but female bylith i don't know where's her pants it's I mean, like i don't I, think it was pants. i had i had no problem with the lacy uh stockings that female bylith was wearing but you know i can understand some people wanting a bit more you know wanting it covered up a bit more covered up although yeah. i kind of feel it seems in this is a guy talking, so feel free to ignore me. It seems a little, little, little more empowering for someone in, you know, stockings to be kicking the crap out of people. Well, but not only then that, again, it's you like... could also go with, you know, issues with armor and games like this to begin with. So, <laughs> I, th- I think the conversation just goes back to the fact that, like, that Bylas costume fits with the game. It just it is what it is. It's how the Japanese uh, Fire Emblem games have always kind of portrayed but if you buy the dlc you'll be able to put another outfit on and maybe there are other outfits in the game we have no idea so it wouldn't surprise me if maybe you could kind of because this is the first time we've gotten skins for characters is that correct i, I don't remember I any i think others. so i think this is the first time aside from um different outfits based on your class yeah and even then most of the pictures and uh you know animated stuff would have not have those and we don't know if costumes will appear in the cutscenes or not um oh, good point but it, it's you know 
Uh, going back to a point you had a little earlier, what what do you mean about skimp women wearing skimpy outfits and overly revealing outfits in Fire Emblem? That we... never happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, in we just games. finished talking about the summer banners, which I mean, it's pretty much that that banner. That's job. a slightly different category because that is you know a, there's a lot more costumes in there and they are going for you know True. summer swimsuits i mean you never see the guys going completely topless yet they do it in the summer banners because that's a summer outfit they do they do well um yeah so you'll get another outfit the second wave which will be additional auxiliary battle maps in-game support items which will launch on october 26th that's very similar to some of the dlc that's been in past games where you have your like money maps your xp maps that sort of thing at least that's what i gather from this auxiliary battle maps yeah um we also don't know how all that stuff's gonna work in the game but yeah it seems likely that you'll get an x you know an xp map like the boo camp that i've been visiting a lot of gold map and a weapon map Mm -hmm. yeah and then third wave additional quests and costumes will be added to the game this one will be launching on new year's eve excuse me this will come with a free update we don't know what that will be uh but this is interesting so confirming more costumes Maybe those costumes yep. are quest rewards. We have no idea. But um, that would pretty much, to me, seem like there's a costume system in place. Maybe well, it's limited um, to Byleth, but it definitely, who knows? Yeah, it definitely seems like there's going to be a costume system. And uh, from what I recall reading in the notes is, or in various views, um, Koei Tecmo, who uh, were instrumental in the Warriors game, are a little mm-hmm. more involved in this. Uh, from what I understand, IS is doing... Most of the storyline and stuff, but Koei Tecmo is doing most of the programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've always done costumes, like you know, warriors. There were all kinds of costumes for various characters, like the bridal costume for um, Lucina. I think Sita eventually got a bridal costume as well, as well as Marth getting a groom costume to go with it. So it's not as surprising that there are costumes in this one if Koei Tecmo was also involved, you know. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that that article out there about Koei Tecmo working on this game, I think Nint- there's one thing Nintendo does really weirdly. It's acknowledging the partners that kind of work on games with them. And I had no idea Koei Tecmo was assisting with Fire Emblem Three Houses. And you're right, it makes perfect sense with their relationship with Warriors and whatnot. But it's not something that's been talked about at all until like this very moment that that we've you know i saw the article yeah i think they've had like the koei tecmo uh logo on stuff okay i think that's been there since the beginning uh but yeah this is the first time they've actually talked to talked about and explained what that means i think they should do that more you know because i know you know smash brothers ultimate that namco was or no was it bandai well it's bandai namco instrumental in that game as well and that, yep. that's not just the, the Switch version. They were, they were very much involved with the 3DS and Wii U versions as well. So Nintendo, a lot of people think like, oh, Nintendo's just this magic happy machine that spits out games. But really, like they are the driving force for the, for the story and the design and the characters. But they do often you know, lean on third and second party developers to assist, which is perfectly fine, makes sense. But it also helps with burnout too. So there's like well, some a lot of good things in in there. Not not knowing how much involvement uh, outside developers had with um, Breath of the Wild, if Zelda and other you know Zelda Breath of the Wild and other Zelda games are any indication, I definitely think it's a good thing getting some outside developers involved. Mm-hmm. Considering you know I think Breath of the Wild was originally supposed to be like a year one or two Wii U game and you know three or four years to come out and it's not the first time that type of stuff has happened Mm -hmm. we're still getting some delays but the delays don't seem to be as bad as they used to be with nintendo yeah no you're right and that's that's a good point i think the zelda game was developed all in-house and you're right like if that's i'd rather have a good game sooner than a good game years and years from now like and if that means finding trusted developers close by to assist i i'm all yeah. for that um i don't remember if it was breath of the wild or skyward sword i definitely remember 
talk about how, oh, it's a lot more complicated to develop for this quality of graphics than we ex originally expected. And it's like, you're supposed to be developing games and you're just now realizing how complicated this stuff is? I think the Wii U era hit them hard. That's why you saw a lot of franchises kind of skip that that platform. You saw Animal Crossing skip it, Metroid, uh, well, and Fire Emblem. the Wii U's lack of pro uh, popularity probably helped with that. Yeah, combination. Although Fire Emblem skipped it more because it was on, you know, life support at that point in time, too. Yeah, and the 3DS was, was so hopping, so why would you even risk a console uh platform or a console version um we did say there were four waves though the fourth and final wave for the dlc will be on april 30th of next year 2020 which will include several brand new story content uh brand new yeah several i'm guessing that's you know more than one chapter or type uh and then new playable characters and more along with additional free content updates so I think it's really interesting that they're adding free content updates. Like maybe there's going to be, I don't know what that means. Like maybe it means we'll get more extra stuff to do and not just free items like they had in last. I hope it's not just free items. I hope it's a little bit more than that. But new new story, new playable characters. Is this going to be what we've seen in the past with like a, an additional story, um, side story, that sort of thing added into the game? Uh don't know. Uh, maybe it'll be like. <coughs> Could be a maybe lot like Echoes, like, right? I was going with Awakening, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. you eventually got paralogs where you could recruit the enemies. I mean, and if the enemies aren't interesting, it'll be meh to do that. But, like, after you completed Awakening, the, it unlocked a hint, or later on in the game, it unlocked a in the game cycle, life cycle, it unlocked a handful of paralogs where you could recruit units like, um, uh, what's her name? She was the brave, or not really brave, but the, you know, the skimpy outfitted, outfitted one from the uh, banner with Loki and all that. Mm -hmm. I forget her name off the top of my head. Uh, her mm -hmm. or... Eventually, you could recruit in one of the paralogs, um, Emerin, who you thought had died earlier in the story, had remained apparently dead for a while. But they gave you various paralogs that you recruit your enemies from. Oh, really? I see. I never played any of the DLC. I mean, I don't know if uh, I don't know if I'm going to pick up the season pass. Like the outfit isn't enticing me day one. We'll probably see in October if if the game kind of gets me right away but do you feel like this dlc is going to be day one purchase for you or october purchase what are you thinking uh it's possible that'll be a day one purchase for me mm -hmm. knowing me i just kind of like having all the dlc especially for a game like fire emblem that i know i love and will be interested to get all the bone extra stuff um you know i i was originally planning to do the uh, virtual tickets or whatever they're called uh, to get uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, and now I'm considering just getting the game and expansion pack, and then either skipping the tickets or using them for other games. So this is DLC I will probably eventually get, whether I get it day one or wait. I'm not sure. Um. We don't know what'll come in the free updates because I do believe those paralogs I were talking about were free updates on Awakening. Um, it's been a while, so I don't know for sure. But you know, and the, the biggest issue slash complaint I have is that you know, and maybe there'll be some scattered throughout, but apparently we're not getting any new playable characters for almost a year after the game launches. Nine months. Mm-hmm. After the game launches, like, it's nice. It's, it's nice that you're giving us new story content that late, but it's like, well, it would have been nice to have these characters earlier. Mm -hmm. But if it is a, it is something like similar other games with their DLC. Like maybe, maybe it makes sense. They're putting a lot of effort into it. It's brand new content, um, and I, I really like when season passes give us like, here's the roadmap. I think that's really good. That's a really great way of doing DLC. And obviously things change here and there. But um, 
I think this is a good step forward for how DLC is done, and I think Nintendo's been doing a great job with DLC lately, um, and this is right on the path there for doing doing great things. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen this actual roadmap yet, but the this type of roadmap is the kind I actually like and don't mind because it's not so detailed that it feels like they have already completed this DLC and they're just waiting to charge us more. That makes sense. There's some DLC where it's like so much details on what they're going to give you in three months. It's like, well, if you have it that ready, why don't you just give it to me with the launch and the $60 I already paid? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. I see it for sure. And we'll have to see what the content is. But yeah, there's certainly some DLC out there that I felt like a lot of the Mass Effect games had like two cutting room floor DLCs and then one brand new content story you know rich dlc but and that's the tough part did they say that this is going to be available uh individually as well because sometimes they say like you just have to buy the season pass um and i i mean um, i i don't i didn't see it anywhere so i don't know i have not heard it uh, i mean obviously the expansion pass will always be available mm-hmm. i would think if they're doing it in ways they'll allow you to buy it separately but you know, they don't actually uh, state for sure, that, or I haven't seen where they will if they straight. So, yeah, I haven't seen them stating that it is only through the expansion pass or otherwise, or that you have to, you can get it separately. I mean, if the first wave is just the outfits, those might be expansion pass only. And the other three waves will be purchasable separately. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. It would be really good to see that. I know like people like piecemeal just because maybe they're not interested in additional quests and costumes, but they might like the auxiliary battle maps. Might be the opposite, but we'll see how that shakes out. Probably find out pretty early on. I would imagine that the uh, we'll see if the outfits go on sale individually and we'll go from there but uh, let's move over to game club and wrap this excellent episode up we've got fire emblem fates conquest before we hop into game club quickly i did look up the female byleth costume and her legs are just as revealed in this one they're just not lacy stockings and she doesn't have the stomach windows so I guess I didn't really take a really good look at it. It just looked like a sailor's costume to me. So I was like, eh, It kind of does look like a sailor's costume, but, you know, she also has a short skirt. So. I don't know. I I don't really... I'm not interested in costumes with this game. I want more maps, more content, more story, so... Yeah, I mean, even if I get the expansion pass bundle, I probably, you know, won't bother with the costume, especially now that I get a look at them. I think I do prefer for both of them their original costume. Mm-hmm. So, and well, yeah, they look like sailor officers or officers, which is what their their officer outfits. So it kind of fits. Yeah, sure does. Uh, yeah, but we'll. Uh, I guess we'll find out soon enough, and Eddie will report back in in a couple weeks or at the in August when we've played the game and he's playing as a sailor. Uh, let's talk about Fire Emblem Fates Conquest. We've got chapters sixteen and seventeen this week. Eddie, why don't you kick it off with a little story summary? Uh, in Chapter 16, we return to Garon, who is praising Gunter for being back, but he really feels like he doesn't care one way, one way or the other that Gunter's alive, so he's kind of meh about him being back. Uh, and we see Corrin kind of in front of Garen putting her plan into action uh, by manipulating the details of what happened by admitting... Stuff like where it happened and the fact that, you know, the people that waylaid them were ghostly monster creatures uh, to make herself seem more ruthless. Um, Darren then puts us in charge of the army and sends us to invade Hoshido, uh, instructing us to travel by boat to surprise the Hoshidans. Uh, and also Iago gives us a massive war, co- war coffer of 10,000 gold. Uh, which Xander seems shocked that he gave that much that easily. Um, and it does play into the chapter that we're playing through. Uh, Xander joins us in an in-game scene early on, and we all, uh, you know, the entire family together and our army 
uh, with the hidden grunt troops set sail and soon find that there are pirates who snuck onto the ship. Um, the opening of the chapter, it talks about how you can't, we can't seem to find their leader, uh, which makes um, you know us suspect that one of the Norian pikemen must be the leader in disguise, and we have to fight through a bunch of enemies while talking to the various Norian troops that are just standing there napping um, to unmask who the leader of the thieves is, losing 300 gold per turn uh, that we don't successfully unmask and defeat the leader of the enemies. Yeah. And with this map, I... Again, goes uh, with all the other conquest maps and having some sort of like unique completion or unique thing happening. Uh, how much gold did you end up losing? I think I was in the eight or maybe the high seven thousands. I think it was eight thousand as well for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe seventy nine hundred, but yeah, it wasn't too yeah, bad. I think it was like eighty five hundred. So five turns mm-hmm. for me. And it was kind of weird because like I so when I first did this, I was trying to find. No, the boss, which was... Is the boss Shura? Yeah, boss is Shura. Yeah, so so he... For me, he popped up far right. And and then then I looked online and people were saying it's always the last guy you talk to, which is like, oh, that's kind of lame, but I guess it makes sense. Because you look it up and you just brute force it. Yeah, I didn't look it up online. I just, you know, it ended up being... I think possibly the same person was the guy I talked to last, but kind of wondered if it might be the last person who you talk to or not. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a bit of a challenging map because, you know, you're trying to lose as little money as possible. So, you know, I had a bit of trouble trying to figure out the right pairings of, to send where. You know, would send, oh, this group over here, and then, oh, these five guys, gang, you know, ganged up on them, and now I lost someone. You know? Mm-hmm. And since I've, even though I'm playing in the version where uh, people will return in the next map, I generally try to avoid it unless I'm running short on time. So I probably reset this one four or five times because, you know, either RNG or just ganging up, beating out my people, beating up my people. But, you know. Yeah, this map, I, I think I had one unit die and I just kept going. There was there was some weirdness to it where it didn't really have any like landscape barriers, but I always have this in- inclination to like separate my army, and then by the end of it, I'm not doing it strategically. Where like some key units are all the way to the left, and I'm trying to defeat the boss all the way to the right, and it's caused some issues there. But um, all in all, I really like this map. I really like this chapter with you know the gold sinking, and it, it kind of you know gives you a boost, right? So now you can kind of spend willy-nilly but you got to be careful not to spend all your money because with conquest if you don't have the dlc you're kind of limited to what what gold the game gives you right yeah and to a degree you're somewhat limited in birthrate as well but you know if you just play the spare extra random maps those usually give you about a thousand gold so if you're willing to wait for them to pop up you can keep earning a bunch of money eventually uh cost money to force them to pop up which can sometimes be a losing prospect but yeah it's a lot easier to get gold and uh birthright but mm-hmm. so and then in chapter 17 the next chapter we played corin enters hoshido and discovers that a norian ally Mos- Mok- mokushu has been under attack by the hoshidans corin rushes to assist their besieged troops but discovers a bit more than meets the eye. Turns out the Mokushu... I should have practiced this beforehand. Mokushu had kidnapped Kagero to provoke the Hoshidans. In a cavern, you are joined by Saizo, who will disarm Caltrops uh, throughout the cave. Using dragon veins, you can open and close passages that allow your army to move through the maze. And Saizo is important to note that he is a green unit. Uh, he is an ally. He's yep. you don't have direct control over him, although you can kind of guide him using the dragon veins. But uh, true, uh, Saizo was a character you gain in the birthright side of things, but you don't get him here in the Norian conquest side of things. No, and uh, but it's really interesting. I think this is another map that kind of shows 
the difference between conquest and birthright and then in birthright you had a very straight shot kill all the Nords, get to uh you know king garen take him down that's your path in this you seem to be coming across a lot of hoshidans and they're realizing like oh you're actually not a terrible you know norian that we hear about you know you're actually doing things that go against you know what we've heard and what we've been trained to believe and Saizo doesn't join your team, but he's basically like, hey, you helped us here. I won't forget it, but the next time we meet, I'm going to kill you. Okay, maybe he he didn't really learn a lesson here, but it was interesting to see that in, in Conquest, you're running into these characters, and you're not necessarily always just trying to kill them like you are in Birthright. You're working alongside them, sometimes begrudgingly, and I think that's really neat. And I think it kind of puts Conquest as like more of the 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 true first path for for fire emblem it's almost like birthright is like i don't know i don't want to say easy path but kind of like maybe maybe the 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 easy solution as opposed to conquest being like more of a fire emblem story if that makes sense yeah it makes sense and if you're looking for more of a fire emblem story conquest is definitely the mode you want to go for for me it's Kind of like the order, the best order to play it in, especially if you're new to Fire Emblem, would probably be Birthright, then Conquest, and then Revelations. Uh, maybe Revelations before Conquest, because uh, Revelations has some of the bonuses that you get in um, Conquest. But like, yeah, the story you're doing in Conquest is a lot, lot more thought-provoking, because you're working with the villains, essentially... Because, I mean, while the families, you're finding out the family's not as much of a villain and a bunch of Norns aren't really just straight up evil, Garen is with Garen and Iago and uh, Hans are without a doubt 100% evil. You know, they're just killing to kill and conquer and not giving a crap about the little people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and that's all you see if you play birthright you're with the people who are clearly on the right you know clearly not the warmongering uh people that the norians appear to be in birthright you know so keeping it simple is kind of makes sense in that you know well you've got an attack you're just trying to get through and end this war as quickly as possible so you're gonna go in and fight whereas Mm -hmm. On the Norian side, you're one person, and as we found out uh, last time or the time before, your siblings are also of a similar mind to you, but they're a lot more deft at hiding it. But you're one person who has far more mercy than the king of your country does, who's trying to not be just slaughter everyone as you know the expected reaction is so yeah now how did you find this map in terms of like it's using did you end up using the dragon veins to kind of like push units around or did you find yourself kind of like pinching some of your own units into situations that they may not be able to get in and out of because that's what i did (laughs) no i didn't only once or twice did i manage to do that one uh trapping units where i didn't intend to trap them initially i was using the dragon veins to try and you know get units to certain places or you know but i was usually trying to make sure i moved all the units i wanted to move before i lock moved change to dragon vein so you know but there was once or twice where i left like effie trapped with three guys and for because i didn't fully realize that you know i had like effie was in range of them Niles, if he had stood right next to her, would have been in range of them, and he had a far weaker defense. So I left Niles out of it, and then activated the Dragon Vein and realized that spot right next to Effie was a pillar, so Niles couldn't get there to heal her and help her, mm-hmm. now that I blocked him off. So. 
Yeah, well, once it, or twice something like that happened. Yeah, I, I really like this map. It was definitely you had to use the dragon veins for strategy as opposed to I think in Birthright where dragon veins were just like do a cool thing that benefits you. You know, it, it, it's more well, there's more thought there, to there it. There were times where it was strategic as well, but mm -hmm. yeah, I don't really remember it as much. But it's been a while since I played Birthright. Um, but yeah, any other any other thoughts on our chapters we played this week? Um. Well, there was the thing about Shura. After you finish that map, you do get to um, oh, right. recruit or kill him. Uh, I ended up recruiting him. Uh, what did you end up doing? I recruited him because here's the thing. It seems like a waste to kill him. He's a uh, he's an archer, but he's like a, an upgraded archer because he can also use uh, staffs, right? So yeah. it seems unnecessary to kill him. <laughs> that seemed a bit much. Uh, when probably, oh, I'm guessing the difference is dialogue only, unless he, like, betrays us later on, well, which... also a unit. In a unit, right? So, again, like, you're just... It's it's one of those things where, like, why would I kill him? It's literally just setting setting me up for a diff more difficult time, because I won't have this strong unit. Like, unless he does something by having him on my team, or does something by killing him. I don't know. I didn't don't see know. the other path. Uh, yep. I recruited him as well. I mean, it was kind of one of those choices where I guess it was trying to figure out, and maybe this will show up later, where you'll get a additional group of enemies if you saved him, where you wouldn't get him if you didn't. Like, um, Iago finds out that you spared Shura and sends a group of hitmen to kill you that are trying to attack you as well as you know, a group of enemies you're fighting. I don't know. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it kind of felt like a why bother giving us the choice, I guess, to see if people are being 100%, you know, oh, kill everyone, or if they're actually trying to play it as the character is portraying, trying to do it. You know, not trying to be a straight-up murderer. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I didn't feel comfortable, you know, taking him out, but... um I, I kept him around, and he did quite well in Chapter 17, so I was happy about that. Uh, did he have any special dialogue, or did you not have him attack the boss at the end? Oh, I didn't have him attack the boss, but that might have been an interesting thing. I I think I had two of my powerhouse units, because the boss at the end was um, sitting on a fortress, and he yeah. packed quite the punch for a majority of my stronger units. With the flame shuriken, but uh, yeah, no, I, I I got Camilla in there, I think, as well as Leo to mop him up, but uh, yeah, no special yeah. dialogue there. Um, I'm also like notoriously behind on paralogs. None have popped in the last like month while we've been playing this game, so yeah, I've gotten all but um, the Xander paralog completed. I think at this point. Yeah, so I think uh, you and I like you're doing Xander extra content though, right? Yeah, I'm doing the boot camp, so I've had a lot more time to pick my pairs and send them out to fight to level them up, mm -hmm. as far as, you know, that stuff goes. Now, the boot camp, is that like a special relationship building type thing? Boo, B-O-O camp, it's the experience uh, map from the DLC in the Dragon Age. Right, right. So you fight a variety of faceless in a graveyard and get a bunch of XP. Um, the weaker faceless, the green ones, will attack you while the yellow, stronger faceless will just keep running. They'll fight back if you fight them within melee range, but if you're not attacking them, they'll just run off. So it's a way to gain experience but not attack things that are too strong for you. You know? Mm -hmm. As long as the green ones aren't too strong for you. Here, you should be just fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I I need to get back in and kind of take a look at the paralogs and try to pair some folks up. I have started to like pair them up and actually have them fight together to try to speed it up. So I think maybe next time we talk, I'll have a paralog to discuss. But uh, I think that's going to do it. I think we're aiming for chapters 18 through 20. We're going to try to add an extra one on there. As we approach Three Houses time, which we will probably be dialing back the chapters we play, because we'll be busy with Three yeah. Houses. Seeing as we'll probably be doing 
at most one chapter every two weeks once Three Houses comes out. Yeah. If, if we're able to keep up that fast of a pace. I think I think we'll see how it goes and we'll see how into Three Houses we are. I, I will we'll we'll report back. But yeah, right now we're kinda like lowballing probably one chapter per game club, which will allow us to kind of dive in a little deeper and discuss things. But um, that's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. I want to thank, you know, Eddie and everybody for uh, for listening in and having this great conversation. We always appreciate the folks over at our Discord. You can check that out by going to our Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can visit us on the web, gamersinpodcast.com slash Faye. Email the show. Let us know your thoughts, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at Murphy. Eddie at Drawfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers Inn to show uh, for show updates. Then so, that's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.